Hello and welcome to the Spidey Dude Radio Network. I'm Zach Joyner, owner of the website that powers the podcast and executive producer of the Spidey Dude Radio Network. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the Spectacular Spider-Man Sal Buscema Era Podcast, a podcast all about Sal's run on the Spectacular Spider-Man. Before I turn it over to our host, Chris, I wanted to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Network. They help sponsor the show. Greg, Vinkman, Scott, Kaylee, and Phoenician, thank you all for your support. And if you want to get some more info, check it out at that aforementioned website at patreon.com slash network to get more perks, like getting some shows early. And we'll have more coming very, very soon. They'll get some exclusives very soon. Stay tuned for that. Finally, before I go, I want to encourage you to check out our other fine programs, Spidey Experience, ASM Classics, Make Mine Mayday, Broken Rider Variety Hour, Clone Saga Chronicles, Spectacular Radio, and Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. Be sure to leave feedback on the respective feeds, give us a five-star review, and leave feedback at the email address at thatradiohorror at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this exciting episode of the show, and now, here's Chris. And welcome back to another spectacular episode of the Spectacular Sal Basema Era podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. Oh, yeah, I'm Drew. Hope you're all amazing. And tonight we are talking about issues 163 of the Spectacular Spider-Man uh, run from uh, the 1980s into the 90s with the uh, Hobgoblin death, uh, the uh, what, what did we call it last time? The Demon and the Dead Man. It's not yes, called sir. the Demon and the Dead Man Part 2. It's called the Carry-On Cure, which makes sense because there is a cure in uh-huh. it. But anyway, long story short, uh, I'd like to call it the Demon and the Dead Man Part 2. Uh, hey. And this was published April 1990 with uh, all of our uh, original players. Once again, Jerry Conway, Sal Buscema, and Sal Buscema on Pencils and Inks, Colorist, uh, Bob Sharon, Letterer Rick Parker, and Jim Scalarup. And we open up with Spider-Man being uh, dragged into the sewer on live national television as Mary Jane is watching her husband. And on her way out, she stopped by Nitz Kaxenberg, the sleazeball newspaper reporter that was making a lot of money under the fake Jonah Jameson, played by the chameleon. And he reveals to Mary Jane that he has pictures of her and Peter Parker in his Spider-Man costume. She decks him, and the pictures fall into the sewer. The sewer happens to lead right to where Hobgoblin and Carrion are torturing Spider-Man, or at least attempting to torture them, and they continue to debate on how they should handle him. Mary Jane's on her way out because she realizes there's only one person who could possibly help Peter Parker, and that's Thomas Fireheart, but he turns her down because it's not the type of debt that he owes Peter. It's not physical it's ethical so it's a lot of bullshit Mm -hmm. anyway hobgoblin goes to his former employer hammerhead to see if he'll pay him to kill spider-man and but hammerhead mentions to hobgoblin you failed to kill joe robertson why the hell am i going to pay you to kill spider-man looking behind the scenes is tombstone who wants to remind hammerhead that only he can kill joe robertson because of some weird obsession he has Back in the sewer, Spider-Man uses Carrion's obsession with his former human life and his love for his mother, not a obsession for the love of his mother, no, they seem to have a regular normal relationship, 
to oh, get no. himself free using his deadly red dust. He escapes and is able to crush Carrion under the debris, and that's when Hobgoblin shows back up. Mary Jane re- figures out that the only person that could possibly stop Carrion is his mother, and she uses his, her love in order to help Carrion, help Spider-Man defeat Carrion and Hobgoblin. Carrion realizes he doesn't want to hurt his mother and attempts to stop Hobgoblin, and the both of them are caught in a giant explosion and plummet to their deaths as his mother and Mary Jane and Spider-Man look on, possibly to be never seen from again. To be continued or the end, you decide. The cover has Prisoner of the Deadly Duo, Hobgoblin and Carry On, with uh, Carry On and Hobgoblin uh, in shadows. Uh, it says, plus Spider-Man's secret identity exposed, and Spider-Man is trussed up on the wall. This was one of the first issues of the Spectacular Spider-Man I ever read. It wasn't, uh, I had said this oh, before, that this uh, the Punisher issue where he's got the guys being hoisted up in the air and says, don't mess with the Punisher. But this, mm-hmm. But I didn't read comic books in a consecutive format uh, when I was a kid. It was mm-hmm. just a matter of what issues I could get a hold of. So this was okay. also one of the first issues I ever read. Nice. Mm. Yeah, it, it was great. And I have to say, my favorite moment in this issue was Mary Jane laying out Nick Katzenberg. Yes. Like, oh my God. Especially mm-hmm. after he suggests that why don't you come upstairs and we can negotiate it, which is exactly which means that he wants to go up there and uh, negotiate yeah. sex with the photos. Yeah, exactly. Like the like that to me was just fantastic. And, and she just wham. And and I'm just thinking like Nick is probably such an idiot that those are the only proofs he has of the photos, so he just lucked out. So I was like, wow, you idiot. Um, uh, and on top of it, I just have to say this. This issue really proves the true difference between the Hobgoblin and the Green Goblin. Because if it was the Green Goblin, the Green Goblin would have killed him. He would have tortured him. He would have killed him. The Hobgoblin has always been a businessman. He wouldn't kill Spider-Man until he had the money to make it worth his while. Um, also, I mean, for a long time, this is the only character we had, which was, uh, the Hobgoblin or the Demon Goblin mm-hmm. until it's Harry true. came back as the Green Goblin. All we had was the Hobgoblin for God over a decade. No, I, yeah, no, it's, that's totally true. I'm just saying like, this was so much more evident in my mind of that big difference, you know, because again, Norman had his reasons for hating Peter and Spider-Man. Hobgoblin was like, this is just business, man. You Norman's know, reasons were just because Spider-Man got in his way. Yeah, pretty much. But right. Hobgoblin was just, I'm a villain. You're going to get my way. I might as well just kill you and save myself in trouble. I don't um, understand why, by the way, the footnote says in Spectacular Spider-Man 147, when it was actually 149, um, he follows Peter into the basement to discover what Peter's secret science fair project is. And that's where he finds the carry-on virus and it infects him. Yeah. And it's, and it's so funny because, um, as you said in the last episode, um, that maximum carnage we would see carrion seemingly cured yes by we, daggers light yeah is it that or like some sort of machine they create oh, either way he gets cured but of course they make it out that it wasn't and then you know carrion will come back and then they'll reveal more about him um it's just it's so funny because eventually it's just malcolm bride was he was jealous of peter parker i was like oh my god get over yourself man so that's why he was snooping that one day and found Mile Warren's notes. Right. Um, so, yeah. But uh, this, it was so, it was funny that this was so oddly a little predictable because 
Peter is being held up by like ectoplasmic binds, so he obviously can't break with his strength. So he just essentially goads carry on on about his his lost life as Malcolm McBride to the point where, of course, he he gets upset and does a shut up and then flings his, as you put it, red decay dust and he gets free. And I'm like, yeah, who saw that coming? Right. The 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 red decay dust. I don't understand why he needs that when his touch is already like a decaying thing. It seems like yeah. he's got two powers that do exactly the same thing or a power that also does the exact same thing as his weapon. It doesn't seem that necessary. I also, I figure like there's, there's something I want to also point out that I love about these old issues that I feel you don't see as much now that there's a lot of recap done in just basic dialogue. Like, I, I feel like normal people wouldn't just be like, you know, at some point today, I've got to get on on the Salvashima podcast, but how will I do that in time? Well, it should have just like that one day. And I just like, people don't monologue like that. They don't reveal, you know, that's just comic book. Okay, we're catching everybody up, so we're all on the same page. Right. Um, I feel like people don't, comics don't do that anymore. They don't really do recaps like that. That's like text box worthy. Like, it's just brief stuff. And then it's like, maybe you get like a flashback panel, but I don't feel like you do monologue explanations anymore i just i always find it amusing in these older issues because it it does catch you up like i if i just picked i was like oh okay well that's that's where we're uh the ending was kind of bittersweet again a little predictable but still you know jerry conway knows what he's doing i mean i don't know how many issues this man's been writing um at this time and i mean it's got to be dozens but clearly he knows spider-man and his stuff follows really nicely um it was also funny because the scene where Hobgoblin is, is going in to talk to Hammerhead and he's having a boxing match, that reminded me of the uh, the Bane episode in Batman Animated Series with Rupert Thorne when he was training. Mm-hmm. And he knocked out his trainer. He was like, yeah, boss, this is uh, this is why Batman's always running circles. He knocks him out and is like, He's like, tell him when he wakes up, he's fired. And he's like, you just can't get good health. And Bane's like, apparently. Like, it just reminded me of that, where it's just, Hammerhead is like, I don't care. I'm pre- I'm training, fuck you. Like, you knew what you were dealing with. It's just really funny. And then on top of, like you said, you have Tombstone with this weird obsession. Like, only when he's going to kill Robbie is me. Nobody else. And I'm just like, okay. So, what, what I'm here, like... Did he break your heart? Like, I don't get this. Like, are you in love with him? Like, what's going on here? It's just very oddly, like, it's just a very odd character thing. Because later on, you know, their kids would hook up. And I'm like, I can't. It's just so funny how that kind of goes full circle. But what did you think of the issue, Chris? Going back to the uh, the panels themselves, uh, Sal's artwork uh, with the explosions and the, the darkness that they use in the shadow for the different villains... I think is uh, it fits in with the the horror theme of the two main characters t- tremendously. Um, oh yeah. The uh, it, it's the Hobgoblin carry on. You know, a lot of the oh. villains that would show up in this book uh, don't show up in the other books uh, unless it's some type of horror story. And Hobgoblin would show up. I want to say I was wrong about one thing. I think Hobgoblin shows up again either in Return of the Sinister Six first, or he shows up in the two issues with um drawn by uh, tom mcfarlane from the adjective less spider-man yeah 
is that the cover with uh, it's it's Goblin and and Green Goblin fighting? No, that's that 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 happened back in Inferno, which we've already covered. Okay, yeah, I'm 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 messing. This is yeah, a two part right. storyline involving uh, Ghost Rider. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, yeah. and then Hobgoblin would show up in Ghost Rider's actual book itself uh a little later on, like like a, like a, maybe like a, within the same year. But this is like <laughs> Hobgoblin um has got like people stressed up in some type of like cocoon and he's going to oh, like man. brainwash some child who's got like a part of a demonic face and Ghost Rider's there and there's just so much chaos happening in the panels because nobody's editing Todd McFarlane. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. Uh, no. But Hobgoblin would, would return in the uh, Return of uh, the Sinister Six as well as Carry On would not show up again for at least another three years uh, in mm -hmm. Maximum Carnage. So And then uh, Carry On doesn't uh, kind of make another appearance again until uh, the Dead Man Tales one shot but oh, okay. uh malcolm mcbride eventually is completely cured of this whole carry-on problem uh one way or mm -hmm. another um this is not the last we see of nick katzenberg either by the way uh he will return <laughs> once again uh sleazeball that he is i was kind of shocked we didn't have him show up as like one of jameson stoolies in no way home right that would have been great that would have been hilarious um, yeah. No, we got a, what we got was a Karen in one of the uh, opening, uh, the opening of No Way Home. Spider Man hurt me! Spider Man hurt me! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, I want to point out that the uh, profile for this issue was under uh, on the profile in the uh, bullpens is for uh, mm -hmm. the aforementioned Danny Fingeroth. Hey. Who was the editor on Moon Knight, Cloak and Dagger, Alpha Flight, and New Mutants, and writer on Web of Spider-Man, Cyforce, and Dazzler, as well as, as well as many other books. Yep. Um, the uh, the next issue that has uh, is coming as soon as I get the page to turn. Hold on a second. There we go. Uh, don't miss the exciting, amazing Spider-Man number 320, 332, as sticks and stones do their darnest to break Spider-Man's bones, and Venom prepares to sink his teeth into a juicy arachno burger. That sounds terrible. And if that's not enough sense-sattering adventures for you, be sure to pick up the Spider-Man vs. Venom trade paperback now on sale. The Tyless Tome reprints all of the David Michelini, Todd McFarlane Venom stories and features a snazzy new cover by Todd himself. Still not satisfied? Mm -hmm. Then join us here next month as the Beetle returns to take his non-mutant nemesis on a not-so-magical mystery tour. Boy, that's oh, a mouthful. <laughs> Indeed, that quite is. I was like, wow. Oh, okay. But... Also, one other moment that was great was um, when uh, Spider-Man beats Karrion and Hobgoblin shows up. He's like, you just can't work with amateurs. I'm like, I can't. Like, Hobgoblin, you just can't resist getting in the last word. Or last pumpkin bomb. Um, but, great. Great. Can't wait. Magical mystery bug tour. Can't wait. Um Right. I'm trying to think of Magical Mystery Bug Tour, kind of, sort of. Uh, we've seen Beetle before, I think. Uh, not 100% certain, but uh, yeah, it'll be great to be covering that issue. Um, and uh, I don't know. Is that the Death of the Foreigner? Yeah, I think actually that's the Death of the Foreigner. Not the Foreigner, the Arranger. The Arranger. Yeah, Kingpin's, yeah, Kingpin's guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he definitely he definitely plays a, a big role in the next issue from what I, 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 I'm reading. But I'll save that for later. Definitely. Um, uh, Drew, where can everyone find you? Well, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, uh, Ghostbusters1984. I do a lot of stuff at Screen Rant. Uh, 
articles and such. I'm doing a lot of stuff here with uh, the dorkening. I do this podcast with Dr. Chris. There's a lot happening in 2022. So everybody, for the love of God, stay tuned and tell everybody about us. Definitely. So, and you can find me over on uh, the Dead TV podcast and Goth Girl Horror. Uh, check out my own comic book, Vlada, A Dracula Tale, and Vlada, uh, Chronicle of the Damned. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with issue 164 of the Spectacular Spider-Man on the Spectacular Sal Basema era podcast. All right. All right. Stay tuned, everybody. <laughs>